0: mm mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sporter of Kings podcast. In this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Gulfstream on Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. This is show number 260, February 2nd, 2024. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sporter of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, after that spectacular card, I was kind of surprised to see a week later, another five stakes in our pick five.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a strange week. There's derby preps at every track, but, um, you know, California cards, they just have a tough time filling fields, and, uh, you know, Oakland has a pretty good card as well, but, you know, one thing I like about Gulfstream is they run on the turf, so we get a little mix of turf and dirt, and we probably see, you know, at least certainly, the current favorite for the Derby um, will be, you know, running there, and that race probably isn't the most interesting handicapping race on the card. But the other other races look pretty good. So maybe if you want to play the pick five, you take a free square with Fierceness in the the feature and um, and try to catch some prices in the other legs.
0: Wait, the current the current favorite in the Derby is not running at Gulfstream? No, he is. He oh is. yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah. what we're going we're gonna to get to see. It, it's not a very competitive race because he's such a good horse and, and nobody really wants to take him on right now. Um, you know, there could be some other good horses in there that just, you know, have all kinds of upside, but it will take um, a pretty big surprise, I think, if uh, fierceness were to get beat um, in the Holy Bowl this week. But we'll see. We'll talk about it some more with our guest, and maybe you or he have... Um, some other ideas, maybe you're a little more creative than I am. If so, you could really unlock a, a major score in the pick five. If you could beat fierceness, who would probably be like one to nine in that race.
0: And we have a special returning guest. He's a producer and sports betting analyst for Fox Sports. He's an avid horse player and tournament player who has qualified for the NEC nine times, including this year, and finished in the top 10% in 2019. He finished fourth in the FloCal face-off just two weeks ago on horse journeys, winning over $23,000. He's Chris the Bear Felica. Chris, welcome back.
2: Happy to be back. I've, I've been anxiously awaiting my, my return up. At- appearance even the the last year was kind of tough for me because of my schedule uh i, I was in australia for uh, about five weeks and it overlapped with uh, the majority of the saratoga and delmar meet so uh my uh, my horse playing this past summer was uh was abruptly cut short because of the uh just the difference in time i couldn't really lock in and handicap uh th- those tracks like i normally did and maybe the uh maybe the layoff treated me well because i got uh, getting the uh, that nice, uh, fourth place finish in FloCal a couple of weeks ago, uh, was, was a nice little surprise. So I, f- I feel like I'm getting back into uh, the to tournament form, which is a good thing for the NHC coming up in a couple months.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like you you got a freshening, you went to the farms, uh, i.e., Australia, and uh, and you're back nice and fresh.
2: It, it, it is, it's good. Yeah, I guess not even a couple of months now, more like uh, six weeks. Now, I look at the calendar, it's February 2nd, and uh, NHC's uh. Mid March, so yeah, it's going to sneak up on us before you know it.
0: All right. Well, I wish you luck in that in that one, uh, Chris. Do you have any questions for the bear before we get started?
1: No, I think we can get rolling into this interesting pick five sequence at Gulfstream.
0: Okay, well, we will start with the eighth race. It's the sweetest chance stakes, a grade three, mile and 16th on turf, first of 175000 for three-year-old fillies. And Bear, uh, why don't you get us started?
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure about life's an audible. I mean, yeah, it took money on debut, et cetera, so good what all Pletcher's do. It, it, she just feels like a... a a no speed, very pace dependent closer. And uh, if she's going to be favored two to one or maybe even shorter, knowing how uh, Pletcher and Arad take money and and Rapoli at Gulfstream, but I'll be, I'll be more than happy to, uh, to to bet against her. Like the two horses that I kind of landed on as the interesting horses were Madame Mischief um, really wasn't much expected from this horse. In her last two tries on the turf, but the last race really wasn't bad at all, considering that she was close to twenty to one. She was kind of down there on the inside and, and never really fired lately. But, but now you stretch out from seven and a half a couple of races ago to a mile last race, and now you add another 16 but Like I think she could improve. And if you look at the morning line, uh, the the Bordeaux odds maker thinks that she could probably Im- improve as well. as uh, she's eight to one in the morning line when she's, well, odds are cutting more in half. Uh, than she was last time out. So I think Madden Mischief is one to look at. But uh, Dynamic Pricing is my top pick. And, and I'd be shocked if you got 8 to 1 on her. I, I, Chad has started to win races there in the last 10 days or so. Usually I don't like playing uh, a maiden winner or right back against winners, but this one has been laid off since, since November. So she, she's had time to develop and, and fill out as well. And, and I think that she could probably fall into a really nice. Uh, stalking trip behind a race. I don't think there's going to be a ton of speed. So I think she's going to get a jump on those dead closes who are a little bit, uh, at a disadvantage. If, you're looking, if you look at that maiden race, uh, back at Aqua November, th- those two were well clear of the rest of the field. So that might turn out to be a, uh, with, with the next, not winner running second. So uh, I think that race might turn out to be good with those top two horses, though, uh, dynamic pricing, I I'd expect probably you're going to get Maybe what six to one on that horse, and I would still take that. So, dynamic pricing is my top pick in there.
0: All right, I had dynamic pricing as a use at eight to one. Uh, six to one doesn't seem that far fetched, Chris. Uh, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I'm on the same page. I mean, I'm always looking for upside in these kind of races, and um. You know, I've talked about how hard it is to win on debut and to turn turf routes. And, um, even Chad Brown, who's probably one of the best if not the best at winning those races. You know, he doesn't do nearly as well first time out as he does second time out. So the fact this horse, you know, ran a, a good race, he was a little green, but he showed some grit at the end to win. And like Chris said, they are they were kind of well he and the the second place force were well clear of the rest of the field. Um you know, I just expect a big effort out of him. Um and uh, you know, I'll I, I certainly think he, you know, he probably ran almost as well as life is audible on debut. And like I said, with improvement, uh there's no reason why he couldn't win. Uh eight to one seems shockingly high. Um <laughs> so the only plus in, from a price standpoint is IRAD's on the Todd horse, who he's been on for every start. So it's not a surprise over dynamic pricing, who he hasn't ridden before. So, but still, the fact that IRAD's on the Pletcher and not the Brown might help price a little bit. Um, I am worried about the price. And the only other horse I'm kind of interested in is. Um, probably the second choice on the betting so to me dynamic pricing if you got the right price for me if you got anything under you know four to one it's not you're losing the value but you know four five six to one if they do bet life is audible and the other favorite might be playable and certainly one you can lean on a little bit in this to start the pick five
0: all right <clears throat>
1: um
2: Chris, well, did uh, you say you you Chris, did you say you liked Billy at the the second choice? Well, is yeah, it sometimes- I
1: like that horse quite a bit the last time it ran. Um, and it did not have a good trip. And I, I like it in here too, but I mean at at the likely price, I'm would much prefer dynamic pricing over, you know, at equal prices. To me, they're about equal in terms of likelihood of winning, the six and seven. I'm just anticipating a, a better price on the six.
0: I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so I went with the Bears' other horse, which is Madam Mischief. And I, I, I would go deep in this race because uh, I, I do think most of them have a shot. But I liked Madam Mischief because, uh, you know, it has a win – going two turns on the turf as a young two-year-old and then ran a pretty good number at, at the end of her three-year-old year. Um, going seven and a half at Gulfstream. And then in her next race, she was bumped and then stuck in traffic. She was stuck on the inside the whole way. She didn't really have room. It, she didn't check or anything, but she was in tight and, When she finally got free, she ran okay and she galloped out better than everybody else. And I I think that, you know, she gets a different kind of trip, which she's sort of, she sort of has to get a a better trip than that. Although it's possible she won't because she'll be on the inside. Um, You know, her, her number, her number two back, was not much slower than any other horse in this race as a 70 buyer. And um, and uh, in her last, it was actually a 79 buyer. <clears throat> she kind out better than life's in Audible. Um, I think she's playable at 8 to 1.
1: Chris, you got anything else for this race?
2: Um, the, the only other thing I, I was curious about is, is – uh, golden Ghost being uh, being on the outside, like like I wonder now if, if Cassie and the connections have kind of just figured out this is a horse He really doesn't want to be on the lead. Cause, uh, in the two races where they've taken her back, I mean I, she she won one maiden over broke maiden over turf at, at Dalmore very easy and took money and then won that optional on the uh, on the on, on the Tapita at it, it Gulfstream. Like like I don't think post date will necessarily bother her and it's not a not a great field so like like if you're looking to go a little bit deeper i mean i would i wouldn't say uh this horse is a great chance to win but it wouldn't shock me at all if golden ghost uh w- w- was was closing late into into this race and maybe again like i said because of the the lack of pace in here uh didn't get there but but i i she's certainly someone uh, who's uh certainly in with a chance i think
0: yeah, I think that Golden goes to 12 to 1. I, I'm I'm surprised that it's as high on the morning line. I'm not saying it's wrong or not. Um, but 12 to 1 is pretty sweet price, and I'm definitely using that horse. Uh, but I'll also for sure be using dynamic pricing as well. And um, I think Makanga, however you pronounce it, that horse also has a really big shot.
1: Well, that's the other one, you know, from an upside perspective. Um, you know, that, that horse certainly could improve a lot. You know, it just had that one start on turf where it ran really well. Um, it'll have to improve off that, but you know, it's bred to be a good horse. It's you know, a half to hit it the road or hit the road and um, you know, buy American pharaoh. So Should be able to get, you know, two turns on the turf, and that's exactly what it did, you know, in its first start. So, you know, that one I would be kind of interested in, but, you know, at five to one, I'm not interested in that horse. Um, uh, But the morning line does seem a little weird in this race. So it does seem like the one will be the favorite and the seven will be the second choice. But, you know, some of these prices like 12 to one on Golden Ghost and eight to one on dynamic pricing seem pretty high. And like five to one, in Makonga seems kind of low. So we'll see how it all shakes out at post time.
2: Like, do you do you think people might just be like, a, say, okay, this horse might be low in speed, but I, I don't know. There's this. I maybe I overreact and over handicap and over factor in just trainers that kind of are ice cold right now and typically don't win uh, greatest stakes races. Like coming off of a main winner like that five to one. Like, yes, you can say maybe low in speed, but right back uh, against the greatest six field with with the trainer that really isn't known for winning these types of races. I I agree with you, Chris. That's a, that's a really low number. I think on the line.
1: Yeah, I thought it would be like 10 or 12 to one. And then I'm a little interested um, because it does have a lot of upside and, you know, the speed figure didn't come back real fast in that race but it was a slow paced race and the horse won easy. So, you know, just no way it's going to, it's going to ring up a big number, um, but it wasn't a bad price and it wasn't a bad no. number, but I mean, it, it, because of that slow pace, you just don't know how good this horse is. That was its only run on turf. Yeah. It got an easy lead and controlled the race, but, you know, it it was just far superior to the horses at face. You have no idea what the ceiling is. You know, maybe it's not nearly high enough to do damage in this field, but maybe it is. That's why it's, you know, it's all about price and five to one's not a a very enticing price for me. And it's a little surprising to me that it would be that low. Like you said, it's not like it has connections that people are going to be, you know, you know, running to the windows to bet. And it's not like it's comes off a super fast race. So we'll see, you know, maybe it's just a, the morning lines off. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I would expect the, the odds to be a little higher at least. Um, but this trainer, you know, she's like a turf specialist and I liked the race. I liked, I liked the replay of that race. Um, really was, um, was restrained set, uh, an okay pace um was seemed to be restrained on the lead and uh opened up and galloped out well. Uh I wrote I no reason not to like this race. So um definitely a use for me and uh, even at five to one.
1: Yeah, it would be the one outside the three favorites that I would think, you know, it wouldn't be shocked to see that one win. Golden Ghost. I kind of get the case for that horse, but if you watch, and I kind of agree, you know, it seems to have improved since they uh, tried to take it back off the pace. But if you watch those last two races, it just had an absolutely perfect trip in both of those. Now you can argue it, it made its own trip and it might do it again, but yeah, you know, it's stepping up against tougher horses here. And, you know, usually my inclination is to kind of be against those horses coming off perfect trips, but then you look at the price and the horse just won an allowance race and it broke its maiden. Both were pretty impressive. And it's 12 to one off, you know, Maconga, who's had just the one maiden win at five to one. So I don't know you know, I I'm not sure about the prices on this, on this race, but so I'm, I'm not as high on golden ghost as the two of you. I don't think just because to me, that horse, we kind of seen its ceiling and I don't even think that's quite good enough to win in here, even with a good trip. Whereas like a Makanga, I don't think we've seen the ceiling on that horse. You know, it, it could be much better than it's ran in its last. All
0: right. Well, it's gonna be fun, fun to watch that first race because it's gonna get a little chalky later. And I think, you know, this the price opportunity may be in the eighth. The next one is the ninth race. It's the swale, seven furlongs on dirt. Remember when the swale was a big thing? Seven furlongs on the dirt, purse of 125,000, four three-year-olds, not even graded now, but um, still a good race. And uh, we'll let Chris Larmy start us on this one.
1: Maybe we should just call Chris the bear, and then we don't have to worry about this. Although you are getting (laughs) Chris to the power of two on this this podcast. (laughs) Well, I am calling
0: him bear, but I'm also just clarifying that uh, the other Chris is Larmy. Uh
1: all right um first of all just swale was one of my favorite horses when i was a younger fan um he was really really good horse and um he deserves to have a graded stakes um you know being as you know named after him it's too bad it's no longer graded but times have changed um so this race is pretty pretty solid race um i I have a long shot, but I'm probably more interested in playing that horse next time it runs um, than in this time. So I'll go with a horse that's not as big a price, but it's still only the third or fourth choice in the wagering. So you're getting some value, and that's the six horse. Risk it. Um, I do think the one horse, Bentorna, Bentorna, Bentornato. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with that. Ben tornado, I guess is how you say it. will take a lot of money. Um, but you know, risk it, I think is a horse with a lot of potential. He was fast. Um, and right off the bat, um, he's had a couple of less than ideal trips in his last two races. Um, and now he cuts back from routing to seven furlongs, which I I always love that move. Um, probably one of the best angles that's never really, um, it's always been that, you know, ever since I've been playing the horses, that cut back from, you know, routing to seven furlongs, one of the best moves you can make. He's a well-bred, he's good connections, and, you know, he's nine to two probably get that price i think something around that um because of the the trouble he's had in his last couple races his form's kind of buried and i think he's as likely to win as anybody in this race so i'm gonna go with um risk it uh as the six horse as the pod pick i do have a price horse um as well but i'll wait to talk about that one until you guys have a chance to weigh in
2: yeah i was curious i was curious if either of you have Uh, numbers when Asmussen ships to Gulfstream, because it's just kind of, I'm just spitballing here, and I'm thinking back, like, I don't think he, A, sends a ton of horses to Gulfstream, and I'm not sure that his record there is very good, but uh, despite that, uh, Chris to the power of two have landed uh, on the same horse. We're we're kind of seeing the same thing here uh, with Risket. I mean, you throw those two route race is completely out and you go back to that sprint race and and i don't know maybe I, I don't think he necessarily needs the lead and i think i think maybe betranado might be the best horse in here and on the cutback you would think that it makes betranado very tough but i worry about the rail draw like like i i think there's a lot of factors in this race that could kind of leave betranado up against him, even though he is undefeated in his four sprint races but uh, i think you would assume. Uh, legalize will press or send. with uh, sides from the outside? Bilal is showing a little bit of speed before the uh, the route tries. Ladon bro with cheap speed. Who knows if Colorado Cruiser is going to send without the without the blinkers? It just might not be in the cards for for for, for Bentonado today. So I, I think this might not be the best and, and risk it was the horse that, that that I did land on here. Uh, I, I think the sprint distance will like Chris said will we'll just hit, hit this horse right between the eyes and, and uh, he will love it. So yeah, risk it was my top choice and uh, I'd like to play legalized, maybe moving forward. Like I, I think this horse could, could be any type moving. Uh, I think this horse could stretch out even further from, from seven, but, but, but again, uh, sure. He really hasn't had a great uh, Gulfstream type meet. And if this horse is on the lead, might get a, uh, a little tire late so yeah risk it was the uh the horse that but I uh, definitely landed on here
0: all right uh so to answer your question according to the numbers I'm looking at Steve Asmus has only had four starters at Gulfstream ever hmm. and he hasn't um, had
1: any in the last four years <laughs> he had,
2: wow. he's at zero so he hasn't has lost so we,
1: in the last four years yeah
2: so, so I was gonna say what that what does that tell you I mean, does that tell you though uh the fact that he's shipping this horse in. It's probably a move out of, out of confidence that he's not choosing to run this horse either at, at fair rounds, or Oak Lawn, or somewhere like that. I mean, maybe it's just the way the condition yeah. book shaped up with the stakes, but the fact that he's setting this horse probably it now moves this horse up even further in my eyes.
1: Yeah, he probably was looking for a, you know, a sprint stakes and, you know, for three-year-olds, and there either wasn't anything, you know, local. Or maybe he has another horse that he wants to run there. So, yeah, the fact that he's doing something this unusual to find a spot for this horse, I think, yeah, you know, it really is a positive. And the fact that they're cutting him back, you know, that to me is a positive. So, lots of like there, I think.
0: Well, um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on board and make that a triple-barreled pick Uh-oh. because. <laughs> which which actually is good we, we we it's 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 not a pox when we have a triple barrel pick and uh, our most famous triple barrel pick was um uh, a, a horse at 14 to one with andy Serling um, on on the show uh a few years ago so it, it can happen and um my, my only worry is that the price will be lower than nine to two because of that
1: triple barrel pick but, hey, um, yeah, <laughs> that,
2: that's a lot of weight to carry. And I, you're I, right. I'll you know, tell
1: you, probably. <laughs> Go ahead. i was gonna say
2: I'll tell you what though. I, I don't. I think we're gonna get a good price there because you, you know that they'll play Belmont. Uh, I, I think. The, I think legalizing Siyas, they'll they'll take some money, uh as well. Who who knows? They'll they'll uh, they'll probably play the Jack the Colorado Cruiser as well. I, I think we're gonna get nine to two or four to one or so. I, I don't think this horse is gonna get buried because of the other. Kind of kind of options around it that that are very popular uh, horses that that get bet with, with those trainers and those connections.
1: Yeah, and he's been off the board in his last two starts, and his only win was a maiden. So, you know, maybe you would think that would bury his form. Plus, he's shipping in. You know, for Ashmussen, that's not the kind of you know they're not used to seeing Ashmussen ship in. So we'll see. Um, it does seem at worst case, he's third choice and not much lower than nine to two. I wouldn't think.
0: Did the Gunrunner run in the Pegasus?
1: He won it in an awesome display of equine talent. Yes, he ran in it.
0: So that must be the one win that that they had. They have um, for yeah, that was uh, probably
1: like six or seven years ago.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so he, he can do it. He can do it. Uh, you know, can he do it with a horse besides Gunrunner? I don't know, but maybe he can do it with a son of Gunrunner. and, yeah. um, any other, uh, any other horses you guys like?
1: Yeah, there's a horse I like. I, I don't necessarily like him in this spot, but the four horse grand Mo the first, I actually was, looking to play this horse coming off of his last race on the turf um i thought he had a really tough trip and he's actually had tough trips in all his races in any one a couple of them um but i just don't know if this is the right spot going seven furlongs on the dirt but you know he's one i might toss into the pick five to you know uh because if he does take to the dirt I think he's much faster than his his speed figures would would lead you to believe, and his trainer their horses run pretty well fresh. But um, and this could just be they they're they're just doing an experiment to see how he handles the turf since he's run well on synth and turf. Maybe they figure he can run well on anything, and they might be right. If they are, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, run a big race in here, but. Um, More likely he won't run that well, he won't take to the sprinting on the dirt, but uh, next time when they have him routing on the turf is the time to play him, but he's the one wild card for me, the four horse Grand Moe the first.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, I'm going to say that uh, I'm I'm definitely using Ben Tornado just because of those numbers. Uh, I, you know, maybe he will be nine to five. Um, that seems about right. And, uh, and, and I will use him, but I'm not putting a lot of money into this pick five because there aren't that many horses to bet.
1: Yeah. To me, you know, I, I just, I know. I'm not even trying to say his name. Cause I'm, it's a ton twister for me for some reason, but the one horse, it's going to be the favorite but to me that the seven horse is the one to beat i mean he's been pretty awesome in his last two starts and i mean he can make his own trip got louis Sayas right talking
0: about legalized
1: know, the seven legalized yeah um you know the one horse ben Toronato, is um uh you know, he doesn't always break alertly. He's down on the rail. Uh he wants to be forwardly placed. So, you know, I it's not a guaranteed he's in a good, good trip. Having Irad riding probably increases the chances of that happening. But you know, to me, he'll be the bigger underlay between, you know, the two favorites. And if I was going to to play, you know, pick between those two, I would go with the seven over the one.
0: Okay. I think it's Edwin think- Gonzalez is running riding the, the one.
2: He is, Yeah, that's, that's what I saw on the, on the uh, form oh. that I had uh, downloaded as well. That's yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I think uh,
0: legal, legalized might even actually be favored in this race just based I'm, on, on speed am
2: I'm, I'm just sitting here imagining hearing when we're saying the name, and I'm just hearing Tom Durkin's voice in my head. Hey, Tornado! they like the nice rolling Italian off of the, uh, the the voice because he spent so much time in Italy. I can just I can just hear Tom Durkin saying that name it just <laughs> makes me all warm and fuzzy inside.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of against him, especially if IRAD is not writing. I wonder why I have IRAD in my I don't know what I did. Some somehow I messed that up. But anyway, um uh that that that, that makes it even more likely that he may not get uh the ideal trip in here. So We'll see May, if maybe the two horse can break alertly and shut him off right off this, at the start.
0: It is funny, though, that, that uh, Irad ends up on this 30 to one. Ladam bro, who was originally mentioned as Edwin Gonzalez, um, at least in in, in the sheets. That, so it's, I, I wonder how he managed to get a mount on this horse.
1: Yeah, somehow I had Irad riding the 1 and I had Gonzalez on the 3, so I, that must have been a change in the program or something at some point. Uh, cuz I don't I don't know how I could have randomly done that. Um something's up there.
0: Okay, so with the the and Gonzalez and Legalize getting the 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 significant speed figures, I'm going to I'm going to call Legalize the favorite and Ben Tornado um Will be five to two or higher, and um, will still be usable in the pick five. I think.
1: So you yeah, not only you think you think that um he'll be a higher price than than legalize, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: I mean, oh, that's interesting. Uh,
0: you know, this uh, Sherry Devoe gets there the her horses get bet and and this horse has never been higher than two to one and it's coming off uh you know nice nice win there at fairgrounds so yeah I, I i think so especially with uh and then and it's got louis saez yeah i'll make that call
1: all right <laughs> i'm not <laughs> sure i agree but definitely those will be the two favorites they'll buy for favoritism um and sure and, and, and,
0: and, and by the way, I, I should say that I, I, I think um uh Pete Aiello's morning lines have gotten way better. You, well, you, he's not
1: doing them anymore, so you just insulted him. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't disagree. I won't disagree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who does them? Do you know who does them?
1: I don't know who's doing them. I know he said that he's said on Twitter a few weeks ago he's not doing them anymore. So
0: <laughs> okay. Well it's funny because I was going to tweet to him and say like, "Hey, man, like your morning lines are much better, dude."
1: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he would have probably thought you were intentionally insulting him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Either way, somehow when we talk about when we talk about, uh, when we talk about uh, announcers, they, they end up getting back to us. So uh, so. Uh, so anyway, Pete, uh, love your calls anyway.
1: Um, <laughs> yes. You're great. Your calls are great, Pete. We love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> OK, well, let's uh, let's uh, move on while we're ahead and go to the 10th race. It's the forward gal grade three, seven furlongs under on person, one hundred twenty five thousand for three year old fillies. And the Bears turn to get us started.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Fiona's magic, the two here, eight to one morning line. Uh Michael Yates doesn't win a ton of races, but he can he can win some sprint races. And I think last year did he pull a massive upset either in this race or the squale? I think he had a, a long shot winner in one of these races last year that um I can't remember the name of it, but I I'm I might be making that up, but I don't think I am. Like he might be uh, the speed of the speed. She might be the speed of the speed uh, in, in this race, even with our Harper Rose in, in there. Like we'll, we'll see if this is the old Gulfstream where uh, usually grail golden on big stakes days or not. But you, you look at the maiden race, won for fun with a seven-pound bug, came right back against winners in that uh, that optional and, and one for fun again with the seven-pound bug. And, and, and I think he, she can move forward even more uh, off of that last time out. So if, if she does, um, I, I think she definitely is a speed of the speed in this race. And I think we're going to get pretty close to uh, eight to one in this race with the, with the uh, presence of Nikitas and uh, Sand as well. So uh, I think if you, I think Mark Harper is probably a very uh, vulnerable favorite here. And, and I think with a couple of other popular uh, mid-price horses in here, I think we're going to get a really good price on um on fiona's magic as well i'm 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 kind of up in the air on scalable we'll, we'll see if uh, if she can can come back and uh, win right get back against winners off the uh, the maiden win routing obviously pletcher rapoli and uh, jose Ortiz will take money but i'm gonna i'm gonna look for the price here in fiona's magic
0: okay fiona's magic michael yates hits with a price uh quite often chris what do you got
1: well this is kind of weird. it's like Chris and Chris are telepathically communicating because I'm we've been on the same horse in every race and I like the two as well. so Chris to the power of two it, we'll find out if it, if it's if it's the power of two or the weakness of two we'll find out. but um, yeah I I agree Fiona's magic seems to have you know tr- you know be a really talented horse. there's not for a sprint. There's not a lot of pace on in this race. Um, you know, there's the the four who likes to be on the lead. So it's sort of those two. And I was assuming that they don't try to hook up in a speed duel, which most riders avoid like the plague nowadays. Um, those two are likely to control the race from start to finish. And I think Fiona's magic is you know capable of tracking either getting the lead or tracking the four horse rose harper rose and or our harper rose and you know out finishing that one late um so yeah fiona's magic i'm not as convinced we'll get eight to one on that horse but i certainly will be at, again probably the worst case third choice behind scalable the sixth and the four R our harper rose so um you know, uh, there'll be some value there. So I'm on the same horse with Chris. Um, Hopefully um, we're on the right page, not just the same page, because if so, we could have a day.
2: Yes, it sounds. Let's go.
0: All right. I'm going to take a different horse. I'm going to go with Kissed by an Angel, who is as fast as R. Harper Rose but it's 12 to one on the morning line and uh, broken the air two races ago, bumped and steadied in the start last race, which was in the slop. I did not get a chance to watch that replay. It's marked right on my sheet. Watch last, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take, at least for now, I'm going to take the chart comment to heart and figure that the horse had an excuse, you know, ran that best number, uh, I think R. Harper-Rose ran her best number going five and a half, but Kissed by an Angel ran her best number going seven furlongs at Laurel. Um, and if there's a pace duel, all the better, because she likes to run from off the pace, but she can also run near the lead if she if there is no sp- uh, speed. So I feel pretty good about Kissed by an Angel.
2: Well, she ran for 12.5. Could have had it for 12.5 back in uh September of 2023. And it definitely definitely uh moved up. You're, you're right, you're right though. It, it appears that she likes to be on the lead, but yeah, I, I don't think this horse uh, needs to be on the lead. Obviously, one that made claiming race on, on debut for um coming from off the pace yet. Yeah. The, the the other like I say, the other we haven't mentioned scalable at all. Like, do you think if there is a a pace meltdown that this horse kinda is the one? The interesting thing. That, that I look at is this horse was eight to one versus Nikitas um, in, in, in that common race that they had, which was Alpine, which was uh, the Alpine Princess win, where Nikitas was second went off at four to one. And uh, Scalable, it, it was eight to one uh, in, in that race at Saratoga. So I, I wonder again, we, just, we were just joking about the morning line being better. Should, should Scalable be that much shorter? Uh, Than Nikitas, I mean, especially with Nikitas coming off the win, at put with the rail draw at seven furlongs uh, back in December and was half the price w- w- when these two rates before. Like, I, I don't know that, that that line might be a little bit off. I think Nikitas probably deserves to be a little bit shorter and scalable, probably a little bit higher based on that. Well, should. And
1: from a handicapping perspective, but from a ha- trying to predict the off price know scalable ran in the breeders cup juvenile she ran second in the chandelier you know uh yeah she, and she can comes off a six length maiden win when they dropped her back just to get her confidence so you know i i think she is a legit favorite not not legit in terms of chance of winning but she is going to be the favorite horse i think because you know the you know the the horses she's been facing you know having a second place finish in a grade two uh already is that, that's a pretty good paper. Plus, she's in good form. You know, she just crushed a maiden field. So I, I think she's going to be the favorite. Now, does she the most likely winner? I don't think so. But is she the most likely to be the favorite um, at post time? I, I think she is.
0: So I I feel pretty strongly. Of, I like Kiss by an Angel, but I also really like R. Harper Rose. Cutting back has a win at seven furlongs. And now is cutting back off a two turn race. Um, and she's got a little circle back pattern going on. Um, and <clears throat> the time form pace projector has this uh, they projected favoring front runners, which would be uh, R. Harper Rose and Fiona's Magic. So, uh, but I, I, I feel pretty strongly about Kiss by an Angel and R. Harper Rose, and I will only use those two in the pick five.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kissed by an Angel is an interesting, long shot for sure. Um, I'm just not sure she fits with this class of horses sprinting, um, but we'll find out. Um, I just have a feeling she's going to be farther back than she wants to be. Uh, she could get buried early, but at the price, I wouldn't. And Louis Sai is a good rider, so yeah, I I'm not going to uh, try to talk you off that one. But uh, you know, to me, uh, there there are some. Some questions about her ability to run with these horses but we'll see um our Harper rose is certainly one of the ones to beat and i like i've already said i love that cutback move and if you look at the workout she had she went 45 and change a few weeks ago so she's a fast horse there's no doubt about it um and you know trainer does good cutting back Safi joseph so a lot to like there that that's probably one that will vie for favoritism with scalable. Um, but, and I would definitely pick that one over scalable as the one to beat. Uh, but to me, Fiona's magic just has more upside. I think, you know, our Harper Rose, we've kind of seen what we've got. She's going to run her race and it's good and good enough to win. But if Fiona's magic improves some off of her last, I think, you know, she can beat her. So that to me, it's going to come down to those two. To me, they both are legit and the race shape fits them, and it's probably going to be as long as they don't duel each other in submission, I think there's a good chance they'll run one too.
0: Okay, well, let's go to the 11th. It's the Kittens Joy, grade three, mile 16th on turf, person of 175, four three-year-olds, and um, Chris you're trying to get us started
1: yeah for me you know there's a key race to watch um for this race is the um the bourbon stakes at keeneland on october 8th in that race um the favorite noted ran second had some trouble um and the six horse first world war was in that race and that horse to me ran the better race of the two. Um, he was parked really wide throughout the whole race We're noted we kind of had a, a perfect pocket trip until um, in the stretch it did have some traffic um, to overcome to win. But uh, for me, First World War ran the better race of those two. And now they face each other again, and and you'll probably get a much better price on First World War than you will on Noted. Not that it's only a two-horse race. There's certainly some others in here, including another pletcher that that could could win. But I do think those are probably the two best horses in the race. And I think First World War may be the better of the two and may be a much better price. So I'm going to make the six-horse First World War um, my pick in here, uh, four to one, not a great price. I'm not saying it's a huge win bet at that price. Um, if it were to float up above that, I think it could be playable as a win bet. Um, I'm not sure w- what the final price will be. So it's kind of borderline as a play, but um, I'm going to go with it as a pod pick, the six source.
0: Okay, First World War, one for two on the turf. Bear, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I looked at First World War, like it has some two good races over the turf in, in, in Kentucky. It's just amazing how Brendan Walsh just can't find the winner's circle here at Goldstein. I've like been settling for all the minor awards, but he, he runs his races. certainly can win because you know at some point you know, those 15 second and third place finishes from 37 runners are so nearly half his money, half his runners have been second or third. You know he's ultimately going to get some racing luck and win. So uh, uh, that that one is very, very possibly the the winner here. I strongly considered him in all my pick five. I'm absolutely uh, going to use him. Yeah, I am not there with Agate Road. I, I, Gore noted like these one run closers. I'm just, I, I know sometimes that's how turf racing goes, but just sometimes you have know, so much work to do, and, and they're going to be bet because of the, the the pleasure connection. Yeah, I landed on Edgertown, the the two horses. He reminds me. A little bit of way way back in the uh, first race we talked about with like Mad and Mischief. Like if you look at uh, Edgar Town's last race, it was first race for Grand Motion, kind kind of stuck down inside. Just kind of first race for Grand Motion, uh, first race off the layoff, like for, first race off of a two month layoff. There were there were a lot of a lot of things to kind of make you think that even though there was a, a Dana Beach a, a stakes race at uh, Gulfstream, that it was more of like an educational type run to see what type of for grant to see what kind of horse that he has kind of just went around the track and whatever speed is in here uh, I, I think will clear and you could really see Edgartown fall into a a really really comfortable uh, stalking trip there on the inside and just when they uh when the real running begins he he might have a a, a dream run but potentially up the rail so uh, yeah I, I landed in edgartown
0: yeah, you know, the two horses 10 to 1 morning line. Okay. Um I was trying I was trying to bring up the uh DRF workout report, which I, I don't think it's out yet. It's <clears throat> it is actually not out yet. Um but uh the reason I wanted to look at it is uh I, last week I, uh, they gave uh, National Treasure an A workout, which is pretty rare to see, and, uh, and the horse won the Pegasus at two to one and looked like a pretty good price at you know at two to one. The way he won it, he looks pretty good uh, doing it. So uh, so so, uh, so hopefully um, maybe they'll release the clocker reports before the end of the pod, but. Um, Uh, I was interested in what their take was on noted because, um, just, you know, based on the figures, if noted can run as fast on turf as he ran on dirt at Monmouth in August, um, then he, he should be able to handle this field. So I'm going to call him my pick. It's not, it's not, it's not an exciting pick, but, um, but he's got, a, he's got a really beautiful circle back pattern. And the only question is whether he can do it on turf, uh, what he did on dirt. So I'll, I'll just make him my pick and, and not try to belabor myself uh, trying to pick one of the other ones.
2: Yeah. Is there I mean, any. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. No, you jump in. No, I was going to say, is there any scenario where you can see the seven horse Cuoca, hitting the board 30 to 1 man i know it was 20 to 1 when when he broke maiden but Albert yes. Rani's horse is every now and then pop at a big big price second against yes. the winner is winning it's kind of split the field in that central park back at that back at aqueduct like like the Gulfstream is where he can he tends to pop with prices so like I, th- I think that seven horse is someone you definitely would want to use in your exotics. I'm glad you agree with me
0: yeah, I you know I I, uh, I haven't looked at that race, but I, I have it as a, a watch race, and you know steadily improving numbers. And this trainer, you know, he he brings them along slowly usually, and uh, you know has two races on turf. One was a win, and the other one had tons of trouble at almost fifty to one and five wide and four wide. So yeah, I I think I think the horse is usable. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I think he, I think he could win if noted doesn't, um, and I've been sort of anti noted because he ran so well on dirt, but in his last race, which I haven't, I haven't watched the replay of, you know, he surprised me and still won it. And, uh, so I'm thinking maybe he's, he is a truly surface neutral.
1: Yeah, Um. on the Quoka, yeah, certainly, maybe more underneath than to win, but there's no, that horse did not have the best of trips last time, and, you know, still ran well, so, uh, and has upside, so certainly, Um. you know, noted to me, you know, Scott, you said, you know, if, if, if he can run as good as he did on the dirt, you know, to me, that's a good Um, argument for a horse at 10 to 1 or 20 to 1 but not the 6 to 5 favorite you know so that's why you know when you have questions like that uh uh that's just screaming play against the horse rather than bet on it that that would be my only um you know retort to your case for noted what any reaction to that
2: that's fair it's fair yeah but, I, so, I, so I, I I agree so. with you, chris yeah like some with with a favorite being so many questions, I, I think that those are the types that I like to bet against, like you said it you 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 feel better when you're trying to justify if 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 you have a a horse like Quoka or a horse like uh Edgar like, like if 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 okay, twelve to one, ten to one, twenty one took my shot, but that, that that would I would be filled with regret if I had all these questions about a favorite before the race. And I wound up playing them, and I, I'd, I'd be super mad at myself for for betting a favorite. I wasn't sure it would be that short.
0: Well, and I, I wouldn't single him. You know, I mean, it's, I certainly wouldn't do that, right? I'm not sure who I who I who I would use. I'm not sure if I'll, if I'll even play the pick five, thanks to uh, the last race. But um, you're gonna
2: play the you're gonna play the pick five. We're doing a whole podcast here for about an hour, or so breaking down the pick five. You're yeah. playing it.
0: You know, I always end out doing it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, how that I do end up doing it. <laughs> the, the, the only question is who do you use besides noted? Cause I, I certainly wouldn't single him with those questions, but um, you know, he, he, he was, he was the horse that I wrote winner on. So.
1: Yeah. And an outside post and he's spotting weight to most of the horses. He does have IRAD, unless I've got this one wrong too. Um, So that helps uh, mitigate that to some extent, but you know, to me, that, and he's not, you know, on the turf. He's never really run a, a race that's any better than, than quite a few others in here. So uh, for me, that horse is an is a absolute play against, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Uh, I do have one long shot beside, you know, First World War is the one I like, but the, I do have a price horse. It's kind of like Makanga in the last, in that one of the early races we talked about, uh, Hammerstein. Who's kind of bred to be on the a turf horse? Uh had a debut on the dirt, didn't do much running, sprinting. They stretched it out on the turf and it, it ran a, a much improved race. And uh for Brian Lynch, who we talked about last week, his horses are all just running giant new tops um repeatedly. And he draws the rail. Um and he's got some tactical, you know, speed to put him in a good position. So uh, I, that's the long shot that could, um, you know, with the, with the upside that could very likely to get a good trip. You know, to me, that's the kind of 15 to one shot that as, maybe worth a play and worth tossing in into the pick five. Um, so I'll, that's my case for Hammerstein. I almost made him my pick. Uh, but I just, I really like the angle that first world war is a lot better than noted. Um, uh, and you'll get a better price. But if they bet first, I mean, there's a good chance I'll bet the one horse to win. You know, if the morning line holds up, I'll probably be betting on the the one to win,
2: and keying that I horse think, in
1: some vertical
2: plays. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll get every bit of that. I'm sure, Chris. I think that'll definitely be a playable horse for you. I, I remember I had this horse actually in that in that turf race back back in December. So uh I I, I was very impressed with him that day, and uh, he certainly can. Uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a sucker for Oscar performance. So anytime I see Oscar performance on the, uh, on the sire line, I, I, I move the horse. I always move the horse up some, right or rightly or wrongly.
0: I, I am gonna say that, you, you made that statement about Brian Lynch last week, and I looked at all his horses uh, on the Gulfstream card, and none of them showed a jump up like you were talking about. So I, I don't know where that's coming from.
1: Well, you need to look at the ones that have run recently, not the ones that were running on that card. The but Tumberumba ran big. What do you mean? You had Tumbarumba yes. and he and he won.
0: Yeah, but Tumberumba also. But he wasn't like a he wasn't a big jump up. Jumped, I mean,
1: yeah, he was on his last race. Yeah, no, no, he no. Sure
0: did. Yeah, but well,
1: he. You go back and go back. And look, look, no, so he, he a,
0: ran a three on Thorograph as a two year old, and then he ran a zero as a three year old. That was that's not a big jump up. That's a year of
1: development. But it's a big jump. It's three point new top on the sheets. That's a huge jump. That's like one out of a hundred horses makes a three point jump as a three year old, you know, and you know, stab with an established form. And that's just one horse. But you're, you know, that was on that card. Go back and look at his horses that have run at the Gulfstream meet. Well, and and you'll see a whole bunch of horses like that. Uh,
0: I, I don't I don't have time, but um, but but uh, yeah, uh, just based oh, on here, what I saw. Oh, here,
1: like, wait, here's. Thorough graph stats, okay. Here's thorough graph stats for the last 90 days. 35 starters, 43% have run a top or better. That's like most on average is probably 10 or 12%. So he's had 43% of his horses running a, a top or better in the last 30, in the last 90 days, the last 35 starters. 46% have paired. Only 12% of his horses haven't run a top or bed. No, 43% have run a new top. Um, 89% have either paired their top or ran a new top. Those are ridiculous numbers. That's almost half his horses have run a new top in the last 90 days. So there's your proof right there, right off the sheets. Just take a look at Hammerstein's sheet, and you'll see those stats.
0: Yeah,
2: I see those stats. Case dismissed. <laughs> okay. Find, I'm gonna, find I'm another just, trainer. I'm just staying out of, I'm just staying out of this yeah. just I'm enjoying this.
1: Yeah. This good. Yeah, but find another trainer who's had forty-three percent of his starters in the last 90 days run new tops and 89% of them run their top or better. Find one other trainer with more than 20 starters with those stats out. You won't find one. Okay. it's the hottest well, so, trainer on uh, in the planet. I,
0: right? I I I believe you. I believe you. I just uh I didn't see it on that card. But um, okay, point taken. All right, let's go to the the uh, marquee race of the card. It's the Holy Bull, a Grade Three mile, sixteenth on dirt. Purse of two hundred fifty thousand for three year olds. Bear your turn.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the the, uh, the, the tea box honors to you, Scott. Chris and I have both gone first twice. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm let you uh, have the tea. What'd you what you got for some uh, You know,
0: <laughs> that's not really uh uh it's not a good thing, Chris. Um I, I mean it's kind of hard to go against fierceness, right? Uh so so here's the thing about fierceness. Yeah, you know, he's probably 10 to 15 lengths better than all the horses in this field. The only thing that we can conceivably, um, the only way we can sort of try to shoot uh, holes in his form, is to say that Breeders' Cup was like an explosion. It was a big number, and like maybe it hurt him, but he hasn't had a super extended layoff. He's working out great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I'd really, I'd really be agonizing to pick another horse over him. So. Um, So I'm just going to say fierceness.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm with it. I, I get it. You won't be probably fully cranked off that Breeders' Cup win in the layoffs. But I, I want It was funny when I was looking at this race again. Like I, I was thinking back to Breeders' Cup Day, how how mad I was after the race. When I went back and and looked, and really, I'm like, oh, 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 I basically said the horse was a mud freak for that for that figure. Uh, saratoga and debut and just throw the and just i should have thrown the champagne out and i would have had a 35 40 horse so uh, i didn't but i i think this horse will be very very tough to beat. as we've talked about in the first few races i'm not one that i'm looking to play a favorite every of a race and i'm usually not one to lock in at three to five but uh just with this draw with Pletcher on his home track, I think he'll be very tough to beat. If you are looking for someone else to use and, and you didn't want a single fierceness and you were looking for, but no more time. What was, is the price play that I would look at in either the exact or the try. I mean, he was, he was two to one versus the tell last race. And I remember for, we had the first world war we talked about uh, in, in the last race as well. So clearly the, like the better is at least think something of this horse and, um, it was the first race off of a, a couple a long layoff. I didn't have a great start. Was stuck. Was stuck wide. Uh, didn't get beat that badly. Uh, consider that. He, maybe he won't class out with that pedigree, but you're going to get a hell of a lot better than you got in the last race of two to one. Uh, you're going to get pretty close to, to to twelve to one. You'll definitely get double digits, I think. So uh, if you're looking to just avoid a chalk exactly here, I think the uh, I think I can see myself punching a seven five. Uh, quite a few times here so uh i'm I'm with scott i'm not looking necessarily to beat fierceness but i will use the five no more time uh in my exotics
0: all right chris uh, you've already basically uh, given up uh, yourself but um do you have anything to add on the um the uh the (laughs) impossibility potential (laughs) impossibility of I well, you know, you know it, I I I feel like you know if he's going to be one to nine now I want to try to beat him.
1: Well, he probably will be one to nine. I mean, why wouldn't he be one to nine? He he I, I he'll be at least one to five, maybe shorter. Gonna be a huge favorite. You know, and he deserves to be. I don't. And no horse deserves to be one to nine, I and mean, they can all get beat. But you know, he can regress a lot, and any of these horses could jump up a lot, and he'd still win. And you know, I watched his workouts and you know he worked with Locked, who is a legit derby candidate. And um, you know, he's more of a grindy stayer type than fierceness, but fierceness just toyed with him, absolutely toyed with him. I mean, it was it was a mismatch. Um not I'm not saying fierceness will beat Locked at a mile and a quarter on Derby Day. Maybe he won't, but you know, certainly in a mile and a sixteenth at Gulfstream park uh fierceness is going to take some beating and i just don't see how any of these horses are the ones to beat them unless something really weird happens so this is the kind of favorite you know that i i'm not trying to beat um and i'm you know so that's about all and i'd say if you have to pick someone underneath you know you want to you got to play this race just because you want to play somebody underneath fierceness then I'd go with the same horse that Chris talked about no more time. He lost all chance at the start and he made a big wide move and he got a little tired late, but he was the best horse in that race, I think. And, um, you know, because of that, you know, he's 12 to one and, and Otello is nine to two and they probably ought to be flipped. And, and like you said, last time out, he was two to one in that race, right? Otello was eight to five off of that big win, but, you know, there's really not much separating them. And so with that big price disparity, I would you know I would go with no more time over Otello. But um for me it's fierceness. You know, he's you guess as he turns it into a pick four. So if you're gonna play the you know pick five into a pick four. So if you're gonna play the pick five you've you've gotta find some prices in the other legs or it's not worth playing.
0: Yeah. It's uh This is a, it's a tough pick five
2: to play. It's one of those that, yeah, 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 it's, it's it's tough. I mean, just, if you're going to, we're all going to, I think, go into with the same strategy of looking to find prices and certainly hope that at least three of those, like, like if it comes back, Ben fierceness, and one of the other Pletcher Chalks wins a couple of the other eight there and it's coming back for nothing. So I think, the, the goal is to get no more than, uh, Ben Trinado and fierceness. And then in the other three legs, uh, we do get prices and hopefully we, we press, uh, the, the singles of, of those enough where we're, where we're making money. Cause I think that's the, that's the issue. I mean, I don't necessarily mind playing pick fours and pick fives when you have kind of a free leg like this, like what I'll do, I'll, I'll probably play a couple of, a couple of bucks in, in, in pick fours, pick fives, just for with, uh, using that, that no more time as well as fierceness just in case. But uh, if you can press and, and you're right with those, some of your other opinions, you can still do okay.
1: Yeah, because the favorites are weak in the other legs. Like, life's an audible. You know, that horse will probably be eight to five. Definitely could beat that horse. I, I don't think Ben Tornado is any kind of standout. That horse will probably be eight to five. Um uh scalable definitely could be beat uh, a horse would probably be about eight to five and um uh noted you know i talked about i know scott likes him more you, some of you you guys like some of those horses more than i do but you know all four of the other favorites are they're not going to be like odds on but they're going to be s- solid favorites and um i think they they could easily lose all four of those prior legs so to me, that's the way you play it: is you got it, you beat all four of those, or maybe if there's one of them you like, you include it, and then, you know, you have a chance to get a decent price. You're not going to make a life-changing score, but on a small ticket, or you could press, you know, the some opinions, you could still make a score. I think in this, even if Fierceness wins. So,
0: um, in the noted race. I'm just writing down all the horses that I would use, and um, there's a bunch of them. So I would use uh, <clears throat> Hammerstein, Agate Road, Deadpan, First World War, and Quokka.
1: Well, you can get away with doing that if you don't you use noted. If you're using noted, then you're throwing money away Um, because if that one comes in, you know, it just kills your price. So to me, if you like noted, then play him, but don't spread. If you, if you're trying to beat him, then you can spread.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I just want to make it clear. I didn't have that much time to handicap and I just kind of landed on noted, but that doesn't mean that I think he's the most likely winner or any, you know, anything of that nature. So. You know, I reserve the right to play a pick five. That's kind of different than what we've talked about on this uh, on this pod.
1: Yeah, and if you are going to play three or four horses in one of the legs, um, you know, uh, you might want to. If there's one you like more than the others, you know, you can always press those. You don't. You can play multiple tickets, and you can, you know play one where you just include the horse you really like and then you could have another ticket that that includes you know all three or four of them so you know there's by using multiple tickets you can you know press your main opinions and you know maybe if you're right about those make a pretty good score because you could have it multiple times um and if you're not you know you don't hit with your press you still can make a profit as long as you're not spreading too much and you're not including those other favorites in, in the, uh, on tickets with fierceness. Cause I mean, fierceness is going to turns it into a pick four. So you really do need to be tighter and you can't be playing too much chalk outside him or it's like be playing a pick four, you know, with a bunch of chalk, using a bunch of chalk, which usually doesn't work out too well.
0: Yeah. It's going to be hard to rustle up a pick five. For this uh for this play but 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 like the bear said i probably will okay so um um <laughs> uh, bear uh the, the the one feature that you may not have heard what we've been doing for the last few weeks is best value of your uh of the pick five sequence and also the most likely winner in your opinion of the pick five sequence um and you know, if you haven't thought of it ahead of time hopefully it won't be too challenging uh no, if- that's,
2: that's okay i i think will i think we'll put an asterisk on most likely winner because I, i'm not going to say fierceness at one to nine is the most likely winner so uh I, i'm going to go with fiona's magic as the uh as the best value i think we're going to get uh pretty pretty close to that eight to one there given the other options in the race so i'm going to go with fiona's magic in the forward gal as the uh as the best value and i'm going to go with uh Risk it as the most likely winner in the um, in the first leg swell.
0: Woo! All right, uh, Chris, where do you land on that?
1: All right. Well, if we're going to take uh, Fierceness off the board as most likely winner because it's so obvious, then I would say, yeah, you know, I I like First World War quite a bit in that the noted race. So I would go with that one as the most likely winner um, outside of Fierceness. And potentially the best value if it were to float up. But 4-1 um, is probably not the best value. Probably Fiona's Magic would be a little better value. So I'll go with with her as as the best value. Although I, I could have went with First World War there as well.
0: well I'm going to go with um, <clears throat> Kissed by an Angel as the best value. And um, most likely winner... Or Harper Rose. Same race.
1: Uh, All right, just a minute. I'm going to change my most likely winner. Um, I forgot about a horse that I didn't. I didn't talk much about, but I think has a really good chance to win, and that's the uh, the seven horse in the eighth race. Milieu, Milieu. I don't know how Milieu. How do you pronounce that, Scott? Milieu. 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 I don't know. Anyway, the seven horse. I don't know. that horse, I, I liked it quite a bit. in His last start, it was really unlucky to lose. It gets a really good rider upgrade. Um, I think it was. I think it's an. I think it's a change. Anyway, I liked uh, O'Shane Murphy. He's a good rider. He's really good turf rider. Um, yeah, uh, Louis Sayas is good too, but Murphy's better. I and mean, Murphy fits this horse better. So, um, yeah, that's probably my most likely winner. Uh it's not gonna be the value. Um so I'll stick with um Fiona's magic as the value play. Um
0: okay. Great. Well uh well hopefully we uh we land on some winners. We we all pick some prices. We're, we we uh, we do have uh, two this is uh maybe a first. We have two triple barreled plays. Uh, one on risk it and one on fierceness. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how <laughs> wow, that ends up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it's, yeah. it's, it's the way it happened anyway. Um, anyways, it was fun. And I'd like to thank our guest, Chris Felica, Chris, thanks for handicapping with us.
2: Of course, I'm happy to uh, kick it around with you guys, and you, you you bought me back so much time tonight and tomorrow, and I had to break this down last night and, and this morning, so now I have I have a free Friday night and a, and part of a free uh, Saturday morning and afternoon. I don't have as many races to handicap now, so uh, let's do this more often.
0: All right, fantastic. That's <laughs> good. That will conclude show number two Wait, wait, wait. wait. I,
1: can I ask one a, a more question for Chris? I should ask him at the start. Who's your uh, Super Bowl bet? You know, what's your best bet on the Super Bowl this year? Gotta well, ask I, I
2: haven't I haven't looked at all the props yet. Um, a couple that I that was standing at were um, uh, play if there is a rushing and receiving combined rush receiving yardage total over for uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'd be curious to see what that was because I think he's going to be uh, a factor in both the uh, the ru- the rushing and receiving game. I would look at playing over, I think, 11 and a half was the yardage total for uh, uh, Marquez valdez Scantling over 11 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he only runs deep routes. He's not going to catch a, a short pass, so that's basically uh, hoping he's going to catch one ball from Patrick Holmes against a secondary that uh, has kind of been uh, ripped apart uh, in, in the playoffs. But I, I right now, I lean towards the Niners um, I'll probably it's minus two. I think the money lines run right around minus 125 or so. I would probably just play the nanos in the money line. Uh, it's funny because you handicap the game and you think that you do. Like remember the old the old Jimmy the Greek, Pete Axton way where you had the each side like if you go down like category by category, in uh, stags versus. Kyle and Wilkes, Mahomes versus Purdy, defense versus defense, special teams. Like, like the Chiefs are going to get a lot of those like check marks, but at the same time, I worry about uh, the offensive firepower and the number of different players that the uh, the Niners have on offense that can hurt you. Uh, I worry about potentially Nick Bosa and that the uh, the Niners' defensive line getting favorable matchups against the Kansas City weakened. Uh, Kansas City offensive line, maybe against a uh, Taylor who's the most penalized player in the league, and then Trey Smith potentially on the other side. And while the, the Niners may give up a couple of big plays through the air, like the one the, the weakness of the Niners defense is the secondary. So like this is the one team where with the with the Chiefs not really having a ton of wide receiver success uh, in depth like they have in the past, this might be the one game where they can kind of get away with that. So uh uh, the Niners have been power-rated as either the best or the second-best team in the league uh, all year long, and uh, we we might be overlooking that and maybe focusing a little bit too much on the recency bias, and the Chiefs, again, is an underdog. So uh, uh, I, I do like the Niners in the game.
1: All right, you heard it. You heard it from Bear.
2: Niners.
0: So is the Niners, uh, then they get points. They get two points. Is it a two point line?
2: Niners are Niners lay-in, are laying line. Niners are laying two. So you, you can you can yeah. you can lay the two if you want, or just eliminate doubt and just lay pay, lay lay a little extra, a little extra juice and just play them on the money line.
0: Okay, well, great to add another sport to the Sport of Kings. <laughs> that will conclude show number two hundred and sixty of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Goldstream and wherever else you play, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout.
1: May you boldly go where no work player has gone before.
0: Gideon.